You're listening to And you're listening to the Clubcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. Welcome to episode 142 of the Collabcast. It is Friday, October the 20th, 2017. We are coming at you a couple of days late this week because um, at Collaboration, we've been busy with our Empower Weekend 2017, um, our three-day event coming up in November, and we got a little busy. So um, my name is Marvin Yue. And I'm your host for this weekly look at pop culture in Asian America. And um, I'm Minji Chang. Yeah, <laughs> that is not Minji Chang. That is our guest. Minji Chang can make it today because, uh, like I said, we're super busy. And she's been um, hard at work um, getting things ready for our conference, for our showcase, for our comedy night. Um, so please, please, please check out empower.collaboration.org to learn more about Empower Week in 2017. Um, but in lieu of Minji, I brought in one of our um, fellow podcaster from the Potluck Podcast Collective. She is the host of Saturday School, a podcast about Asian American pop culture history. Ada Sang is here. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and Ada also brought her own co-host <laughs> that will probably be making her presence known Throughout this episode. Yeah, is this the first baby you've had on the Collabcast? Yeah, you've had a couple on your podcast. Oh, that wasn't my... Oh, yeah, that, you're <laughs> right. You're right. Okay, yeah, none of my kids. <laughs> I have a three-and-a-half-year-old and a, a nine-month-old. The nine-month-old is sitting right next to yeah, me. Yeah, little, uh, little Addie. Ad- Adeline, yes. If, um, so, <laughs> listeners... She wants we'll a podcast. See. She wants, we'll see. I think we should give her a mic. I know. We'll see how long <laughs> she'll behave for. This is the first collabcast that's being recorded in the new podcast collective studios here um, in the VC offices in Little Tokyo. Yeah, this is cool. Thanks, Visual Communications. Yeah. So Ada saying, um, for those of you um, who haven't listened to our past episodes, uh, she is a journalist, a writer. She's a podcaster. She's also the brainchild behind the very popular, very amazing Haikus for Hotties calendar series. Yes. Um, that you can um, pre-purchase now for the 2018 calendar. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> if you like Yoshi and Peter Sadarso, they are in all of them. If you like hot Asian, American, Canadian, Australian men <laughs> that are doing really cool things in the media, you should check out Haikus with Hotties. It's our third calendar. Yeah, we had um, Andrew on in earlier today for uh, for one of my other podcasts, and we were talking because we have a we have a copy of this year's calendar in the room. Right here. And October is Sean Mirror month. So friends of the Collabcast all around <laughs> this project. That's true. Um, but every week we start out the podcast with a roundtable discussion uh, about what's on our mind in the world of pop culture in Asian America. And um, since it's just the two of us, I feel like we should just, you know, there's been a lot of news and a lot of stuff happening. And um, <laughs> because of the chaotic nature of this episode, um, Ada is actually doing me a solid and being a last minute filling for this episode. <laughs> so um, it's going to be a lot of hot takes uh, because she has done zero prep. I have done zero prep. I <laughs> 
have also never taken an improv class. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> but I feel like I'm generally good at improvising. I mean, you're, so you're let's see how it goes. Much like super mom, so you're fine. <laughs> no, basically, yeah. Basically, it was like Marvin. Marvin was like, "Can you come in and record an episode?" And I was like, "Well, I have to bring my baby." So how's <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I don't know how it's gonna go, but it's your podcast. What do you think?" <laughs> I was like, "Sure, fine, whatever." <laughs> That's how we roll here at Collabcast. Yeah, you're very friendly too. <laughs> Mothers. We're, we're baby friendly. You're baby for friendly. Sure. Yeah. This will be a PG episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You don't understand anything. Yeah. But um. Yeah. Well, anything on your mind recently in terms of like news or anything There's you watched or read? On my mind. All right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Well, you run down your stuff first, and then if there's anything else, I'll. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can probably start out talking about. Um, it's a very special week for Saturday School because you guys are talking about music videos this week, right? Yeah. So our our podcast Saturday School, me and Brian Hu, who's the artistic director of the San Diego Asian Film Festival, we do a podcast about Asian American pop culture history. The idea being that um, there has been so much really cool Asian American films. Um, music, etc., that um, a lot of people don't even know about, um, but that are, is readily available to watch, whether it's on YouTube or you pay like two ninety nine to watch it on Amazon, or you, um, and we try to find older stuff that either that we had seen before from covering Asian American pop culture as journalists or stuff that we're discovering for the first time. So. For this season, we're looking at Asian American music movies. Uh, so it's like musicals or um, documentaries about musicians. Um, yeah, you've covered a lot of really great movies so far. Um, like, um, was the one with the uh, the Muslim American punk? The Taco Chord. Yeah, that was a cool one. Uh, yeah, it was about the um, Islamic punk rock scene. Yeah, that was a recommendation from Taz. But it was a movie that both Brian and I saw when. It played at the LA Asian Pacific Film Festival. It won. I bet. I believe it won at VC that year. It won multiple awards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adeline really likes it. Um, yeah, and so your your latest episode, or or it's a two parter. So you're talking about Asian American uh, music videos, right? Yeah. So um, we're we're like almost done with the season now and we were thinking well we, we should talk about Asian American music videos um, so we've been kind of we asked our fellow potluck podcast collectors uh, collectors collective collective <laughs> members collectivist yeah yeah um, what kind of what are what are your favorite Asian American music videos so Brian yeah. and I are both you know separately researching <laughs> and we're gonna come with a couple of our favorites but we also will also have minji talking about some of her favorites we'll have taz hopefully yeah. we'll have marvin <laughs> um, i was thinking about and this, this will probably be a sneak peek of the episode but um my mind immediately went to like wang fu videos mm, especially because mm-hmm. i was there when they when it happened I, UCSD, I, I went to ucsd yeah? um i'm the same I'm the same year as the Wang Fu guys, so Phil, Wes, and, and um, Ted. Yeah. And I remember when that video was going around the school. It was pretty much like people were Which sharing. Which video? The, the, their first music video was Senorita. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, so it was, it was the like lip-syncing videos. Yeah, it was yeah, a yeah, cover video, yeah, they a lip-syncing video of, of um, Senorita, the Justin Timberlake song. Oh, my gosh. And it was they, were, they filmed on campus um, at their dorms. And I remember, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure I went into one of their FTP like um, servers and downloaded it directly from their like what? Because the school gives us our own storage. 
oh, right, for okay. email and for um, for um, shared drives. So we all had our own FTP at our at our you know mine's like marvin.ua.ucsd.edu you know <laughs> and yeah we downloaded it straight from their uh, their server that's so funny yeah we brought them up in the context of um sort of thinking about part of part of the fun part of this exercise is that um a lot of kind of these upcoming or not you know a lot of these filmmakers especially in the digital space um, definitely started out making music videos. Yeah. And Wong Fu Productions, you know, has made <laughs> so many music videos for a lot of, um, you know, kind of YouTube stars. Yeah, and- they had, um, they made the first music video for Magnetic North. Oh. Yeah. Um, they made the music video for um, for Far East Movement, one of their early music videos. Did they really? Um, a moves Like Michael or? Like Michael. Like, Michael Jackson. It's like yeah, like um, it was like a moves like Michael Jackson. Yeah, song yeah. Or I forgot the title of it. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I forgot yeah. the title too. But um, it featured Quest Crew before they even went on ABDC. Oh, that's right? so cool. <laughs> yeah. So a they lot also of, did a Wong Lee Home video. Did they? Yeah, because at some point they did. A, they have a. Um, I'm like the last person who should be talking about Wong, Wong Fu Productions because I don't. I'm not that familiar with all of their stuff, but I'm pretty sure they did a kind of a. Get with Wang Lee Home because Wang Lee Home contacted them because oh. they because he understood kind of the value of them pretty early. <laughs> I think a lot of us, and I'm guilty of this too, did not see the value of Wang Lee or no, not of Wang Fu Productions very very early because it just we didn't understand the space, right? We didn't understand well, I mean, YouTube. YouTube didn't exist until maybe three years after that first video. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I think especially like I think I'm a little older than them. So I think if you think about it at the time, like they were the guys that were making lip sync videos to, to yeah. Justin Timberlake songs, you know, so it's like we didn't really know what to do with them. But like, you know, they st- just but that, you know, I remember the Senorita video. It just got so many views and obviously they touched on a nerve, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, friends from out of state were sharing this video. Yeah. With me. Like, this yeah. is my school. They, are, they, they go to my school. I'm pretty sure one of them is in one of my classes. Yeah, you know? totally. But I mean, I think like obviously, the, you know, they've built their own kind of company slash empire yeah. since then. So, you know, and they're very respectable now. But I think I remember when Wang Lee Home like he saw the value of reaching an Asian American audience. Yeah, I know, Evelyn. Like, yeah, we. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I I remember when when I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like they're collaborating with Wang Lee Home. Yeah. It was like a sketch. I think it was a sketch that was a joke that they maybe he was like a long lost member of Wang Fu Productions. Oh. This might be totally wrong. Sorry. Wong Fu Productions fans, if it's... oh, You know what? I feel like Adeline, you can't understand her, but I think she's like, Mom, she's you got it you. wrong. Yeah. That's not true. I know my <laughs> Wong Fu Productions videos, and you don't really know what you're talking about. Um, and, but I think they also directed one of Wong Lee Home's music videos. Yeah. And that's... That's Adeline going, no, they didn't. You're wrong. <laughs> Do your research. You're not a professional journalist. I'm sorry. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you leave stuff in. You don't edit stuff out, huh? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll uh, I, I don't know. I mean, well, either I'm right or Adeline's right. Right <laughs> 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 in. Right <laughs> in. Yeah. Complain. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm right, wrong. Like, like you said, like it, for a lot of people, music videos were the way for them to cut their teeth. I like, didn't... Um, yeah. 
Well, the other one yeah. we mentioned on the episode was Evan Jackson Liang. Yeah. Who um, he directed Lin Sanity. He's working on his uh, feature film Snakehead. Snakehead coming out next right year. Now. Yeah. But um, I guess he directs a lot of Far East Movement videos and Jin videos. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people. And you can find out more on this week's this week's <laughs> episode of Saturday School. <laughs> when is this within, when is this one coming out? Friday. Yeah, yeah. So you listen to it on Friday, and then supposedly we're supposed to come out on Saturday because we're Saturday School. <laughs> we'll see what happens. You were a little late last week. We were. Sometimes <laughs> we're a little late. Shh, Marvin. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of Snakehead and um, other movies, um, some of our friends got to watch Crazy Rich Asians already. Are we allowed to talk about that? I don't know for well, I mean, because we, I saw we it. Didn't watch. You, you saw it. I did. Oh, I don't okay. know if I'm allowed to talk about it. I don't think it. you're allowed to. I didn't know. I saw it. I was a commissary that we're we're not. We didn't get to go see it, but oh, you got to go see it. I did. Apparently, um, Warner Brothers is like focus testing the crap out of that movie right now. Yeah. Okay. I, I I'm not sure. I signed something that I didn't read very carefully because you know <laughs> we do that now. <laughs> and I was late. I was running in. Uh, I had to meet Taz, so I had to just sign it. And I well, assumed it was just so I wouldn't I mean, we, ruin. You know, we I wouldn't. Won't go, g- we won't go into details, but I hear it's good. So that's good. I th- it's yeah. fun. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I can talk. So I've seen. Um, previous screenings before, but I've never been to a market research type of screening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can I talk about this? Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay so it's so fascinating because you watch this movie and then they tell you stay after the credits so um, you can fill out this form. And the questions are so specific. Really? Um, but the part that was really weird is that there's a section where there's... Yeah, I know, I know. There's this section that has all the um, actors and actresses on it, like their headshots, and then there's a scale of how much you like them. Really? <laughs> yeah. Every so it's like Constance Wu, um, Henry Golding, Chris, wow. Chris Ping, Aquafina, pictures of them, and then you rate them from like one to five, depending I wonder, on how. I wonder what that data is for. I know. Like, I mean, does that affect like whether they'll have them in the next movie. Well, I mean, it's crazy that, like, this movie is being, like, this much marketing. Because, da- like, like, these focus tests aren't cheap. Like, you spend tons of money to get these companies to ask these questions, analyze the answers. So, yeah. I and we, we always talk about on this podcast about how there's the reason people don't give Asian Americans a chance in Hollywood is because there's no data supporting Asian American, you know, um, Success, yeah, right. Yeah. So, if anything, I hope hopefully this means there's more. Like now, there is data for a Henry Goulding movie I know. or a Constance Wu movie. I should have just given them all fives. I got gave them mostly good reviews, <laughs> but sometimes you know what? Like, that's the thing. Okay, I can go on off on another rant, but nowadays yeah, with <laughs> um, with these uh, what's it called rate um, surveys, yeah, I feel like I'm used to sort of just. Answering honestly, but based on my own scale, right? Like when I think, like if it's a scale of one to ten, and I give someone an eight, yeah. like I feel like that's still pretty good. Yeah. Or but nowadays, now that I know sort of behind the scenes of certain companies, or even like, <laughs> like my, you know, like, you know, hospitals when you rate doctors and stuff. Right. Like if you give them an eight, like that's actually really bad. Really. Yeah. Like because they or it's like. I guess it's like it's like Uber drivers, right? Like when I'm looking at like, um, or I use Lyft, but when I'm looking at my Lyft driver and I see like, okay, they have like a four point eight, that's pretty good. But if it's below four, I'm like, well, let a majority of people give less than a five, right? Yeah, or less than a four even. 
So I feel yeah. like everyone needs to get on the same. It doesn't matter what the scale is, but it's a problem when not everybody has the same scale, right? Like yeah. if I'm like, hey, I'm pretty happy, but really like ten out of ten, like well, who's really a ten out of ten? So I give you an eight, but I don't think that means like your boss is going to be like, why didn't you get a ten? Clearly, they weren't completely satisfied, and now but we're going to fire like, you. But then, like movie, like. Ratings are so subjective too. Like as yeah. as a former movie critic, right? Like <laughs> I imagine your scale is different than any someone else's scale. Like, and it's always not. It's frustrating for me to read sometimes that people like like someone giving a bad review to a movie. Other people really liked, yeah, yeah. and then getting a lot of just like junk for it. You know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's all subjective. But yeah, man, I should have given all of them fives. I think I gave them all fives or fours, but I should have just given them all of them fives. Do you do that? Like, you know, when you go to a film festival and they give you this sheet yeah. for like one to five, and I guess it's supposed to be for um, audience awards. It's for the awards. Audience Choice yeah. Award. I usually just give fives. I do that too. I yeah. don't know if it's right. I feel like if I like it, I give it a five because I feel like it's support. It's like supporting their chance for an audience award. Yeah. And if I hate it, I give it a zero because I because I think like I don't oh. want it to get an audience award. If I hate it, <laughs> I give it a three. <laughs> that's my baseline. <laughs> but that's un- I think it, a zero. That's why it like, like <laughs> makes no sense because clear everybody does it a different way. Yeah, I think um, um, it's the same as like for uh, this is how I know. Um, College rankings are all bullshit. Oh yeah, because like basically we know that if we don't give everything a five, the school's ranking goes down, which means our ranking goes down. <laughs> so like you kind of, um, we kind of you kind of unspoken um, agreement amongst your classmates that like if you get chosen for a survey, you'll give fives for everything. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's all yeah. it's all weird. But I don't know how the movie movie surveys work cuz they also have questions like about pacing, right? Like how, you know, how would you find the pacing of the film? Too slow, good, too mm, fast, that type of good. thing. Yeah. Um and then and then they make you do a list of what were your favorite scenes, what were your least favorite scenes or what do you want more of, what do you want less of? But yeah, crazy rich is it. Yeah, I I mean I I brought it up and I'm glad because you have first-hand experience. But yeah, um, it was it was fun. I think all of us. Um, it wasn't a final cut, so I think they really wanted to hear people's feedback, and yeah. maybe that might have might affect the final cut. But I mean, but I've, I've think, never heard of a movie going like, especially Asian American Hollywood movie going th- like this is the type of treatment I feel like big temple movies get. Right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it it feels like that. But I think everyone, even though of course. With any movies, you'll have your little criticisms here and there. Yeah. But I, I feel like everyone that I had talked to after the screening, we were all like, you know what? Like, just being able to see like an Asian American story, an Asian American romantic comedy, and all Asian, you know, not all Asian American, but Asian cast, yeah, um, or Singaporean, et cetera, <laughs> et cetera, um, was so fun. With such like production value, yeah. Um, and I mean, it's called Crazy Rich Asians, so <laughs> it looks very luxurious. Michelle Yeoh, you know, it, yeah. It was just great. Like we just wanted more of it. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a good time. There's never been a better time to be Asian American in the <laughs> entertainment industry. Um, Hopefully, <laughs> we also got the news that um, Ryan Potter got cast for Beast Boy in oh. the upcoming Teen Titans movie, which That's is great. Awesome. Yeah, lots of stuff happening. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we're going to take a quick break um, to uh, distract Ad- Adeline. 
And uh, we'll be back to talk about um, one of the bigger stories that came out this week. Um, stick around. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Collabcast. Um, hey, Minji. Hi. Hey, you're not here on this episode, but you're here for this break. Yeah, I am, because I'm here <laughs> to talk about something important. I feel very, like, show yeah, Talk you're, you're, you're in very you're in promo mode. We're bringing you on for a special promo announcement. But totally. first of all, the Collabcast is a part of the Collaboration Movement, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment, discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of our Asian American community. Um, you can find out more about Collaboration by going to our website at www.collaboration.org um, and check us out. Uh, speaking of collaboration... Speaking uh, of always speaking of collaboration... There's something big coming up. It's our big weekend extravaganza in Power 2017. Um, Minji, why don't you tell us a little bit about what to expect? What is happening in Power 2017 is three days of being Asian AF. <laughs> <laughs> say that because it's our little segment, but... Collaboration has been hosting showcases. We've been doing networking panels. We've been doing open mic nights and mixers. We do this all year round. And each year we get together to celebrate the end of a season and invite everybody out to come celebrate with us. But this year we are we're kind of we're taking a step up from last year. We're having a comedy night, Collaboration AF. I feel like every year we decide that was hard. But let's make it harder on ourselves. Pretty much. I mean, <laughs> we're just leveling up is all. Uh, we're having Collaboration AF Comedy Night. It's happening at The Great Company in downtown Los Angeles Arts District, Friday, November 3rd from 8 to 10 p.m. We have stand-up comedy. We have improv comedy. We're probably we're going to be having like a rap battle. It's going to be amazing. DJ drinks, uh, food. Yeah. So Great come stand-ups. through. We have um, Jenny Yang, D'Lo, Shen Wang. And um, J.R. De Guzman. Yes. Uh, special super team uh, provided by Asian AF um, for some awesome improv comedy and hosted by uh, one of Minji's new best friends. Oh, he's amazing. His name's June Lee. He's from Collaboration Atlanta. And uh, he's just amazing. He's hilarious. You guys check out his June Lee comedy on his Instagram. He has some really funny mom skits. <laughs> there may or may not be more coming your way with yours truly. Yeah. Um, so that's happening Friday night. And uh, then we have the all-day Creative Leadership Conference on Saturday, sponsored by Comcast NBC Universal. It's an amazing day where we want people who are interested in working in the industry to come out um, the entertainment industry specifically if you're an artist if you want to work behind the camera if you want to work in writing film tv music um dance and we have dave gonzalez a world of dance founder I, we have uh, speakers from buzzfeed from youtube we have some of our favorite musicians of course we have youtubers we have writers directors everybody coming out to share their insight give advice it's a great place to network 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 i cannot emphasize this enough we got to be in the same room you guys and we got to talk to one another build one another up educate one another we're having some great workshops including improv comedy which is always fun and a skill that applies every everywhere in life we're having a special resume workshop which is the first that we've ever had and it's our third conference but um it's an amazing resume workshop where you work on personal branding how you present yourself to get the job that you want and that is going to be run by the design director from pandora music um jeff ho so we're excited for all of that there's a casting slash audition workshop it's going to be great uh we're going to have a full day from 9 to 7 p.m then we're going to all hang out together at soul sausage afterwards <laughs> to again just let it all marinate we love 
hang out with one another. And we have a ton of really great speakers. Our keynote is especially amazing. We have a I'm keynote so speaker, excited. Brad Jenkins, who is the um, executive is producer of Funny or Die DC, um, and also uh, a great keynote panel featuring John M. Chu, the director of Crazy Rich Asians. We have Colette Lysak, um, the showrunner of Bajillion Dollar Properties. and um, We have Megan Lee, we have Clara, we have AJ Raphael, we have Ben Chung from The Kinjas, who you guys heard on the podcast in a couple weeks ago. Um, we have Edwin Wong, who's VP of Research at BuzzFeed. Uh, we have Rebecca Sun, who's a writer for The Hollywood Reporter. It's Basically amazing. the who's who's of creative Asian Americans. <laughs> HBO a- APA visionaries. Yeah. Uh, it's so going to be a really great day. Definitely check it out. And finally, Sunday. What's happening on Sunday? Mindy? And Sunday is the show of course we got to have a show we got to have some music we got to have some dance to have some comedy so the showcase is going to close out the entire night uh weekend and it's collaboration star we're going to find out who the winner of this year's collaboration star was six finalists from six different cities across the u.s yeah and uh we're going to have special guest performances we have g yamazawa coming out we have um oh, yeah a very special set that is being uh, produced and created specifically just for our show from Tim Atlas, Melissa Polinar, and Jennifer Chung. And we also have The Lab. And we have The Lab. If any of you guys are a fan of the dance scene or World of Dance, The Lab will be coming out to perform a special set. And there will be surprise collabos. Everything, we always add things along the way. Yeah. Because friends always find out their schedule. They're like, oh, I'm not shooting that day. Let <laughs> me show up and do something. So that's the beauty of collaboration. You never know what's coming. We can only like promote yeah. so much. It's going to be a star-studded event. Um, that, again, is Sunday, November the 5th at the Aratani Theater in Little Tokyo. Um, you can find out more about all these events and get your tickets. It's now by going to the website empower.collaboration.org and for our listeners we have a really special deal a special discount code if you put in collabcast all caps uh, you get 15% off your purchase very nice one thing I want to say besides the whole star studded thing that is very much you know we, we want to bring the community of artists together that is absolutely part of our identity but also the, the other part of our identity is the community okay and this is not just Asian Americans this is everybody who supports diversity this is a great show it's great music it's a lot of laughs and it's just we, we go through great care to create something that is enjoyable for everybody because this conversation I need to emphasize is incredibly important right now there has been a lot of turmoil not only in the diversity sphere but kind of worldwide everyone's having it's been it's we've reflected on this podcast it's been it's been up and down a lot this year so we want to create a a great place where people come have fun enjoy yourself um, see what art is out there what people are making and and support you know underrepresented stories for the fact that they're awesome you know it's not even trying to like feed you cough syrup this is this is a lot of fun so we're gonna have a good time and also we're having a vip reception and after party before and after collaboration star so all that is included please check us out yeah and come to the show i want to meet you guys <laughs> yeah the website again for all these events is empower.collaboration.org that's also where you can buy your tickets and again uh, a special discount code for our loyal listeners is collabcast all caps and one last thing before we go, the Collabcast is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of podcasts featuring unique voices from the Asian American community. And every week I like to highlight a different podcast from the collective. And this week I wanted to highlight Minji's podcast, first of all. Why? Because she had a very, very special episode where she kind of, well, not kind of, she totally bears her soul to the audience. Um, More than usual. <laughs> 
So Thank de- you, Mark. So definitely give it a listen. And um, if you like what you hear or if you're moved, um, tell Minji so on Twitter. She appreciates that. I do. Twitter or, you know, personally, you don't have to put it public. But <laughs> this one is about my Me Too story. So definitely relevant and important. So. Yeah, check out first of all any other great podcasts of the Potluck Collective by going to the website podcastpotluck.com. And on that note, um, that's it for the break. Um, ch- please check out Empower Weekend. Um, get your tickets. Again, the discount code is collabcast, all caps. And uh, let's get back to the show. And welcome back to episode 142 of the Collabcast. Um, I'm your host, Marvin Yue. Joining me is our guest for this week, Ada Sang, and Ada's cute little daughter, who <laughs> <laughs> has been okay so far. Yeah. On the scale of one to 10, <laughs> how well do you think she's been behaving so far? <laughs> I'd give it an eight. So yeah, seven, eight. Are you going to get fired? You're fired. <laughs> I just fired my own baby. <laughs> so yeah, um I wanted to I guess um spend a little time to talk about the big story that came out this week in the world of um Asian American I guess entertainment. I guess you can call it that. Um What is the big story in Asian American pop culture, Marvin? I guess um this past week uh Charlene Yi who is a comedian/actor um, who she's been out of the spotlight for a while, right? She used to be. She was in a bunch of movies, maybe in like the late aughts, right? That yeah, time. she was in a lot of Judd Apatow movies. She yeah. was in Knocked Up. That's probably what she's most known for. Was she is you know? Yeah, where she first was noticed, probably. Yeah. Um, so I guess she um, in the last couple of weeks she's been asking around to start to do more stuff, right? Uh, perform more comedy. Um, I'm sure she's been. Do you know that? I don't. I don't. I, I think she's been doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the past couple of weeks, in my Twitter feed, at least, I've been seeing her pop up, like asking about shows to perform at. I know um, our friend Will Choi um, reached out on behalf of Asian AF, uh, which is the UCB Asian American Comedy um, Variety Show. Um, and in the midst of the um, the Harvey Weinstein stuff, and in the midst of the this recent time, uh, she posted a story about the first time she met David Cross. Who is um? Yes, and we should just start by saying it's not a sexual harassment story. It's not, yeah. <laughs> but um, so but I think I think it's related just in the sense of calling people out publicly, yeah. calling people out for stuff to start conversations. Yeah. So basically, so David Cross, people might know him best for um, Arrested Development. He played Tobias, and he was also on Mr. Show. And she pretty much recounted the first time that she met him. And how he had made fun of her jeans because they were, um, I guess they looked poor. And how, um, because she was so shocked about his comments about her jeans that um, he, um, he, he pretty much ching-chonged her. Let me pull up the actual. Yeah. I sh- so, yeah, um, her, she tweeted this um, a couple of days ago on the 16th. Um, I think about the first time I met David Cross 10 years ago and he made fun of my pants. They were tattered because I was poor. Dumbfounded, I stared at him speechless, and he said to me, "What's the matter? You don't speak English." Ching chong, ching chong, and she goes on to say. Um, then, after he saw I was offended, he asked if I was going to fight with him karate in a southern accent. Um, then, a few years later, he was reintroduced to me after my comedy show with his girlfriend at the time, and he said, "Hi, nice to meet you." 
I will say this. I can tell the difference between this man making a joke versus condescending me. This happened 10 years ago, and I sure as well hope he's changed, or at the very least, he's scared enough not to be his racist self. Um, oh, then she f- uh, finished. Um, However, it is very uncool that a 40-plus man was being racist towards me, being a young 20-year-old woman who was clearly on the verge of tears from his first racist comment. And, um, yeah, this has been shared uh, like thousands of times, um, got picked up by all the Asian American outlets and then the mainstream outlets. Um, and then David Cross has since responded, basically saying that he doesn't remember this at all and that he's, it doesn't sound like him and he started if he offended her. And then um, he made a second apology saying that like, what he thinks happened was he was probably doing a bit, like his racist Southern character bit. And that was probably what happened and got misconstrued or something like that. And I guess the biggest thing that came out of this was similarly with the Me Too um, like movement. And this is not to say this is like, it's like apples and oranges, but you know, like when people in power say things to you that make you feel like small or condescended or or just bad, they're not the ones who think about it, right? They're not the ones who have lived with the consequences. It's always the people who are victimized who carry that with them. Like, of course you don't remember it because it didn't mean anything to you, but it meant a lot to her. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. When you told me we were going to talk about this, I think I was like, oh, what am I going to say about it? (laughs) Because honestly, I don't think I'm the best commenter on these type of situations because part of me is like I have no idea what happened and I have no idea and I feel like I like I like just kind of watching the reaction and reading the reaction yeah um that sounds bad rather than having going I think I but I think like I mean okay let's I I love Charlene Yee Mm -hmm. so let's just start there like I like I remember her knocked up and I remember seeing a lot of her YouTube videos. Have you ever seen like, like she did like a man on the street video? Um, I don't remember a lot of her. Like I don't follow a lot of YouTube stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, like I saw her at the Upright Citizen Brigade. Um, I saw one of her shows. I actually have one of her books <laughs> that she did. She did a comic book. That truthfully, I haven't even like looked at all of yet because I, I got it recently and it's just because I saw it at a bookstore and I was like, I should support her and I just bought it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's cute. It's like called Over, it's called like Oh the Moon or Over the Moon. So I just love her because she's, she's kind of her, um, she kind of leans into like the awkward thing, like making you uncomfortable. And she, it's, she kind of has a look because she has like the big glasses and, um, kind of the, the bangs and then she just kind of stares at you with her wide eyes <laughs> like, that was a whole man on the street sketch that she did where she um had had a, a microphone but yeah. i don't think she was asking anyone any questions she was just going up to people and kind of like staring wide-eyed <laughs> and then maybe putting her microphone up to people but not asking them anything but just look at the camera <laughs> um i mean i guess she she understands what makes what's what what makes her funny yeah. like, what, what her what her style is you and know? she um i guess i'll just sort of fill in the blanks for anyone who's not familiar with her she did a movie called paper heart have you seen that i've heard of it i, I, yeah. I, I didn't actually see it so it's kind yeah. of almost it's what a, i don't know if you'd call it a mockumentary it's like a hybrid maybe documentary mockumentary or i don't know because it's about love the premise is that she is just kind of 
doing a lot of interviews to learn more about love because she's never been in love and she wants to know how it works sort of. But there's also this subplot thing where she's like dating Michael Sarah, but I say dating in quotes because I don't know if they were actually dating in real life or if it was fake. And I That's don't know. That's probably why when I think of her, I have Michael Sarah in my head yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So he was yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so was, shoot, I, sh- I should know the guy's name because because he's fairly famous now, but he's a guy who's in um, The New Girl, the uh, whatever. He plays the director <laughs> in the movie. So it's like a lot of people that you kind of recognize. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's fine. I honestly feel like it was probably watered down, and it, it could have had more of Charlene Yee's craziness in it. Mm. <laughs> but um, but I, like, I feel like I'm someone who would... Really, just want to be like, yes, support her one hundred percent. She's right. Everyone who like wants to tear her down is wrong. But then, <laughs> but I feel like we're also sort of part of this culture where you know we want to just take things and um, just get really mad and you know have have like you <laughs> have like angels and devils. You know, like yeah. I mean, because I think his first apology, people weren't that into because. He said something about how maybe we're both both mis misremembering. Like he, like he said he was careful to be like I'm not calling her a liar, but I don't remember it like this. And yeah. then he said maybe we both sort of like are misremembering this, and I think that was kind of a weird thing. But I don't I don't know. It's like <laughs> it's a weird thing to be like you remembered incorrectly. Maybe we both yeah well, it well, and, then, and then he followed that up with i, I might have been doing a bit like a joke like it sounds like maybe one of my one of my characters i was doing and even then that's not really a good excuse and this is where you know everyone's done stuff that they regret or that they don't realize like is hurtful right like as human beings, we're kind of we live in our own little worlds. Yeah. You know? So when someone tells you that something you did affected them a certain yeah. way, honestly, all you have to say is apologize and not move on. But like, where do we go from here? Right. Yeah, apologize think, and make an effort. I to think like that's make the it weird right. thing about it, right? Like, it's so hard for people to apologize, but it's not okay. So I've been listening to W. Kamau Bell's um, audio book, or it's his book, but I'm listening to the <laughs> audio version of it. And he has a chapter about how I think it's like the my awkward accidental sexism or something like that, <laughs> where he talks about early jokes that he made that, you know, once he kind of got his friends to give him feedback, like one of his friends was like, why, like this part is kind of sexist. And he goes through that process of um, being a little bit defensive about it. Um but then obviously this is someone he respects, right? Yeah. And then um and then kind of making that realization that maybe it was sexist and obvious also it was not necessary. Yeah. And then and then just apologizing for it and just and now this many years later, like hating that that's on the internet because it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't like Yeah. Um, it it's it's not how he feels now. And I think that's and then he says and he's he talks about how like um there was like a comment thread on him and the people were like yeah he's funny but what's up with that joke and then yeah. he went on and he just apologized straight up apologized for it like you know I um, and 
like I don't know why people just don't do that that often because that's like a genuine apology. And I think, especially if you're talking about things that happened like ten plus years ago, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like I think there's certain things, you know, vernacular changes, right? Like, like what what is appropriate and what is not appropriate, and what is common knowledge and what is not common knowledge yeah. changes, right? So I don't remember what it was like ten years ago. Obviously, the idea of being condescending to somebody like is just sort of not. Good in general, but yeah. like if there were certain things like he did, where it was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I was doing a racist character bit. I didn't realize that it would just sound racist, yeah. <laughs> and that you would be offended." But or like maybe he, like maybe or like let's if we give him the benefit of the doubt, right? Like why is it so hard to just be like, "I don't remember doing this, but I'm sorry," and then that's it? Why do you have to be like maybe trying we're to find mis- a reason? Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe, why, why, it why do you need and to like I think justify that's where, it? Like know? I think that's where the upsetness is coming from. You know, it's just like. Why can't you just admit that you and he kind of did, but he just yeah. he added the but right the but but this but that and a lot of times yeah things do change. I mean, obviously, ten years ago, I'm sure being racist, <laughs> like being you racist, didn't get is still called bad. out for this. Stuff. You didn't get called. Yeah. yeah, you didn't get called out as much. And not that that makes it okay, but um, I I think maybe. Maybe you didn't understand the extent of how much that could hurt somebody. Yeah. Right? Like, you might have thought that she would have taken it as a joke and that – because nobody call if nobody calls if you no out calls on it, it yeah. you might be ignorant and not know. And I don't mean – like, you know, people sort of get mad at people for being ignorant, but there's the other side of ignorance where it's like you honestly don't know. Yeah. Where, you know, I think if – it's sort of this like I was ignorant. I didn't know about it, but I learned – and I don't do it anymore, you know? Yeah, there's a part of that. There's a part of, like, you know, I'm sure David Cross sees himself as, like, a good, tolerant person, right? So the fact that, like, someone's calling him out for being racist is, like, is upsetting. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, you did what you did. And, you know, for a lot of us, like, we all probably did stuff when we were younger that we regret. Totally, And yeah. that those experiences, understanding how those hurt people, how those have might have made other people feel, um, helps us grow as people as well to be more mindful to be more aware of how our actions affect other people yeah it's just it's just so crazy this day and age that we live i think there's both pros and cons to it that like she can tweet something and it can be on like variety it can be on nbc as like a news story and even though it's it's in some ways it's great because like voices are amplified right like that I'm sure she's told that story a million times and nobody's ever known about it. You or maybe know? she hasn't. Not or maybe out loud, she or maybe you know? she hasn't, right? Yeah. Um Yeah, like I I am sure both of them are getting like hate to, like a, a ginormous <laughs> amount of, you know, hateful yeah, I mean, online, you know. That's the downside reaction. of having everything be public or these things being public is everyone else has their hot takes and you know, people can make their minds up about you that yeah it's yeah. it's it's very like black and white now where it's like she's a liar or she's like um standing up for all of asian america or racism and then he's either like a comedy genius who could never do this versus like <laughs> he's always been a dick you know like and you're sort of like i think that's why i don't like commenting directly on it cutting down to like the basics of this is she's perfectly in her right to you know call this out even years after because yeah, it didn't affect her and sure. she's probably getting stuff off her chest um at the same time he should be called out for his you know kind of not the best answer yeah um 
But I guess we can only hope that these are conversation starters, you know? Yeah. After, like, the crazy... What do, what do you think? What do you think? After all, like, this crazy Twitter stuff. Because I feel like that's just how the news cycle is now. It's, like, a new thing for everyone to be met at. But um, hopefully these are just all conversation starters and um, things that make people think harder about what they do and how they treat yeah. people in their real life. I mean, that's how, that's how we have to take this, right? Because we're, we're observers, we're commenters, and... Like any other experience, it's you know we're looking for what the lessons are, right? What what the how we move on from here, and part of it is understanding that we we need to listen to people when they say that they've been hurt or offended or. Yeah, I feel like hopefully people are understanding that when somebody says I've been hurt by this, it's a weird reaction to be like, "No, you haven't," <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I think it's it, it's like. I think that's why I feel a little bit weird being someone to talk about this type of stuff because honestly, like, I've been pretty lucky. Like, um, I don't think I, – I mean, comparatively speaking, I think I haven't had that many damaging experiences. But at the same time, just by me saying that doesn't mean that <laughs> I don't believe anyone else has either. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. like I I live a fine Asian-American life because I grew up in California. And if I've, even if people say racist stuff to me, it kind of rolls off my back easier because I'm not alone. You know, <laughs> like I grew up with a lot of Asian-Americans and we'll probably I'll, I would probably just tell my friend and be like, how dumb. <laughs> and then that's it, right? Yeah. But I won't be like... If some other Asian American has a bad experience, I won't be like, I don't believe you because I've never experienced that, yeah. you know? So. And it's so easy to assume that your your experience should be everyone else's experience. It's it's like um going back to like movie reviews, right? Like um Minji and I have talked about this. We we disagree on some movies, specifically Mad Max Fury Road. Okay, I, I haven't seen it, so I can't. I take really a side. liked it, and she really didn't like it. Okay, and is that the me, Charlize Theron one? Yeah. Okay, and to me, it was very distressing that <laughs> she didn't like mad. it. Yeah. And we've actually been in like we got in a huge fight over it once. Wow. And through that, I learned that yeah, it's okay when you know I need to be okay when people don't agree with me when good movies are good. Well, you I know? mean, we're, we talk about music yeah. reviews, but honestly, like, and I think we we thought about this when we were writing reviews um, back at Asia Pacific Arts. Oh, you, you you call me a former critic. I didn't really write that many reviews, but I edited a lot of them. And I think we always talked about how um, it's not about whether it's good or bad. Like if it's a really good review, um, you learn something from it, right? And yeah. it's not necessarily whether – I mean it's, part of it is like whether you should watch it, but it – if it, if you're reading a really good review, like even if you disagree with it, it's interesting to hear another perspective, right? And what they're thinking of, and especially yeah. like especially these days with like, for example, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, right? Um, re- there's a lot of really great reviews about it, but there's also a lot of critique about it being like, "Yo, where are the Asians at?" <laughs> right? Sure. And. Marjorie Liu, who is a um, comic book writer, she writes the Monster series. She had this really great tweet saying that it's perfectly possible for someone to enjoy a piece of media while also calling out where it falls short. Right? Yeah, I mean, and that I th- that's like a 
good review, you know? <laughs> like it should like nothing is all good or all bad. Yeah. But it's just sort of hard it's hard in this day and age where everything's like a short take, you know. You like people don't necessarily want to read all the reviews. They want to know the score on Rotten Tomatoes, you know? Yeah. And what is what is a four star versus a five star versus a three star really tell you? <laughs> you know, like a three star could be that like no one thought that much about it. Or it could be like people either loved it and or they really hated it. And it's like who loved it, who hated it? Are you someone who would really, really love it? Or are you someone who would give it a five star? <laughs> Maybe, right? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, okay, like bringing it back to the Charlene and David Cross thing is, yeah, like there's there's a lot of different ways to absorb and take lessons from what's happening. Um, this underlying hope is that like, you know, this has taught David Cross to be a better <laughs> person and that it's teaching i guess other people who might have done stuff that deserves to be called out that they're learning ways how to approach being called out for stuff you did that might have hurt someone right (laughs) because um there's definitely like a better way i'm not gonna say right but there's a better way to like approach these things yeah i feel like more conversation about stuff is always better than less conversation about stuff. yeah Anyways, that has been Marvin Mayer's hot take on, <laughs> on the the big story this week. Um, oh, can I say something? Uh, everyone should listen to um, this Minji's latest first of all episode. Yeah, Minji shares her her own story about um, surviving abuse, and it's not even like the whole story, but um, it's quite a story. Yeah. yeah, and I think I'm bringing it up because I mean the David Cross thing. I mean, you connected it to the Weinstein thing, and but it's like the Weinstein thing is like that much. <laughs> okay, I don't. How do I? It's a say? lot worse. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, I, I, yeah I, I don't think I'm, I meant to connect it. Yeah, like that, yeah. But it's like the 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 whole area grievances, or not area. Yeah, but the whole, like, yeah. The, whole, like, the call um, out, call out. Thing. Yeah. No, but I think I wanted to bring it up because I think me, I like a lot of people have been. Um, watching the the Weinstein thing like partially in horror but partially with some hope like that that people are um, speaking up and there's like a community and you just hope that like this is a first step of things getting better yeah but I had noticed and this is not like a um, this is is more like just what I noticed not like um, that it should be different or anything like that but um, I, I noticed there weren't that many Asian American voices um, speaking out, and I think that's what makes um, Minji speaking out that much more powerful and needed and brave. Um, yeah, because and- I think it is. I don't want to make generalizations, but I think um, it it probably is harder for Asian Americans in the industry to speak out for uh, partially. Cause, I mean, a lot of people who are speaking out have a lot of clout. Yeah, I mean, there, then, there there was that Vietnamese um, actress that spoke out against yeah, um, yeah. Weinstein too. But yeah. I do agree that like Minji's story is specifically like a very like like Asian American story too, because yeah, it has yeah. to do with you know Korean American culture and also Korean American church, which is a yeah, huge part of it. yeah, yeah. And it's it's just I mean I think. A lot in a lot of Asian cultures, we don't like to air our dirty laundry, that kind of thing. Yeah. But then I know, you know, like there's um, there's good. I guess you could say there's good sides of that, but there's also really bad sides of that because like certain things happen and nobody talks about it, and then more people feel alone. And I know that's why Minji's speaking out, and that's why I'm so 
inspired yeah. and um, <laughs> like so proud of her for yeah I just watch her all the time I'm like oh my gosh <laughs> like, like I like it's like you're watching someone like be shot out of a cannonball I don't know if that's a good analogy you know you're just like whoa like she's gonna like go tear some walls down go make a difference you know what I mean yeah and yeah. she has she's kind of has these stories that no like I don't know I don't I don't know where I'm going with that but basically you, sh- you should listen to it because it might be helpful yeah definitely check it out um you know she goes through a lot of her experience with um, her early experiences with with abuse and surviving, and and you know might be triggering for some um, who have also lived through it. But at the end of the day, um, I've been she's been getting a lot of um, support online from people who are glad that she's telling her story, but also glad that they're learning about like how like guys learning to not be dicks right yeah definitely like, i think i think that's part of it too where you know so, some stories are more extreme than others but i don't think any of us can really honestly say that we either haven't experienced it or we haven't been complicit in something like yeah. that you know like even though i've been fairly lucky it's but it's also like i'm part of the culture i'm part of the society <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah um it's not all about accusing people of doing x or y but it's like listening to people saying that they've been hurt and thinking about how you might be complicit, how you might either contribute either by minimalizing these things in the past or not doing anything about it in the past, you know, and how you can do better. I think that's the ultimate thing that we wish from stories like Charlene's and responses from David Cross. It's like that people like David Cross and David Cross himself can learn to do and be better. Yeah, and not that, I don't know, maybe he is a dick in real life. I don't know. I mean, I like <laughs> Arrested Development, so I hope he's not. Um, yeah, um, so I guess on that note, that'll do it for this episode of the Collabcast. Uh, thank you so much for Ada for filling in last minute as our guest. Thanks for Adeline for uh, contributing her uh, <laughs> Her expert commentary. She's kind of upset that she didn't get to talk more. <laughs> um, if people want to find more of your stuff, where can they go, Ada? Um, you should go to the Pot- Potluck Podcast Collective website to check out. <laughs> I mean, Collabcast will be on there too, but um, my podcast is Saturday School. Um, my Twitter is my name, A-D-A-T-S-E-N-G. Um, I don't know. Google me. Yeah. And um, <laughs> where can people find your calendars? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Haikuswithhotties.com. Yeah. So the, the 2018 calendar is on pre-sale now, so definitely check that out. Um, as always, you can contact us at the Collabcast by emailing us at podcast at collaboration.org. You can subscribe to the Collabcast on Stitcher, Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, and wherever you find your podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating and review on Apple. Thanks to Clara for use of her song Rose Red for this week's intro and outro. And on that note, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see y'all next week. Bye, Adeline. Say bye. <laughs> That's her saying bye. Bye, everyone. What you looking for, boy? You keep passing by. Whenever we lock eyes, the voltage runs so high. Go and run around till you see straight. I'll be picking petals with your name. Mm, Like a rose, eh? Like a.